Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come here, Walter. Get up here. Get up here. Come on. We're going to chill. Okay, buddy. We're going to chill. Walter, if you're a fan of Ferrari, don't make a noise. (laughs) All right. We're good. We're rolling. From iHeartRadio and Sports Illustrated Studios, this is Choosing Sides. F1. So last episode, we talked about how Ferrari is emerging from this dark period in its history. It's really on the up and up at the start of the 2022 season. And obviously, I'm sure the question on your mind is who is going to help them get the job done? All we've talked about is Ferrari. There's people in the cars, right? According, according to Enzo Ferrari, there are not. They don't matter. But but there are, in fact, people in the cars. So, uh, yeah. So today we're talking about two drivers. Uh, one, Charles Leclerc. He is British. He is Monegasque. Ah. So not French, Monegasque. Yes. Okay. And, and let me speak for the listeners who don't know what that means. Yes. Not me. I do. <laughs> what is Monegasque? 
he is from Monaco, which is that tiny principality Monaco, that is technically, it. I think, the, one of the smallest country, whatever. It's also yes. very rich. Yes. Uh, Grace Kelly left acting to marry the former prince of Monaco. Sure. It's a fun fact back okay. in the day. And uh, yeah, so it's on it's on the coast of France. It's very tiny. But you cannot tell anyone from Monaco that they are basically French because they will yeah. bite your head off. Yeah. So and that includes Charles, who is very clear that he is Monegasque. Uh and I did not know that that was what you called somebody from Monaco. I also, I would have probably said Monacan. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I admittedly, I also did not know until yeah. I became a Formula One yeah. fan, and now I cool. feel very superior to ninety eight percent of the population. Yeah, as, as uh, you should. For knowing Monegasque, our other driver, Carlos Sainz, is from Spain, which is a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. So, uh, but those are who we're talking about today. So. Okay. Let's start with Charles because he is a, a very fun one to talk about. And yeah. I will say, yeah, Carlos and Charles, very different backstories, uh, very different drivers. I also find it funny that their names are both variations of the same name, technically. Like right. Carlos is the Spanish version of Charles. I'll say Charles is dating a woman named Charlotte. So oh, there's just a God. lot of. Come on, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Char <laughs> stuff going on there. Uh, so, okay. We're, we're going to, we're going to, first let's break down, I guess, the the general gist of this duo mm-hmm. here. So you've got, you know, if you look at Red Bull, you've got Max Verstappen, you know, Sergio Checo Perez. Mm-hmm. There's a very clear number one, number mm-hmm. two, but they do seem to get along. They're very cool with their roles or, or mm-hmm. generally they understand what their roles are. Um, I'd say on the surface, Charles and Carlos have a very easy banter, a very kind of friendly partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been known to play chess against each other online, mm-hmm. so you can actually see it as a fan. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. They take different approaches to their chess games, which is fascinating. <laughs> uh, and and generally, yeah, they do goofy challenge videos together for the team. Organically, they kind of have a lot of fun during yeah. driver interviews. It's relaxing. Do, do you listen to music sometimes to relax? Yes, to re- I, I, I've sometimes started to listen some jazz in the mornings. Jazz? Yes. Really? <laughs> it's something that jazz I... is maybe one of, of the few styles that I'm not a big fan of. Send me the playlist, I'll try. Okay, you try. Yeah. There seems to be good vibes, yeah. so to speak, yeah. between the two of them. I'm going to Google their salaries real quick. Yes. Do you mind if I do to. that? Go for it. Okay. Team Ferrari Formula One. Salaries. So while you're looking this up, something funny about F1 salaries is they're all secret. They're like, you can't go to a team and ask them for their driver's salary, but every other team will tell you what everyone else right. is doing. Hence Classic. why we have the estimations we do have. Right. So this Google's estimating that Carlos gets 10 mil and Charles Leclerc gets 12. So pretty similar. I mean, I, I looked up Max and Checo and it was 24 versus 8. Yeah. Pretty clear discrepancy there. Yeah, he, yeah. this is more even. Yeah, uh, Charles Charles Charles. Yeah, he's twenty four, and Carlos is twenty seven. Is this recording? Okay. Kind of think he's going to turn twenty eight in a couple months. So, okay. uh, you know, Charles, younger driver, but but definitely sort of like golden boy of the team. Yeah, Carlos came in only one season ago at the start of twenty twenty one, but is yeah only a couple years older. So they are close in age. It's yeah. not like some of these teams where you've got you know. Yeah. Lewis and George, thirteen years apart. So that's 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 the overall gist yeah. of, of Charles and Carlos. So, 
I think it's also fun, though, to talk about them separately. Sure. Charles is, without a doubt, 100% Ferrari's golden boy. Mm. Interestingly, they're a team that has often gone with slightly older drivers, mm-hmm. um, including in the 50s. Some of their drivers were in like their late 40s and, and early 50s. This is more reason for me to like them. There you go. Yeah, you have a chance. And every time you're telling me something about Ferrari, I, I, I'm more on board. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a chance yeah. to, to be a Ferrari yeah. driver yeah. now. No, but I like that approach of not just younger's better, like more experienced and more savvy driver. I'm into that. Yeah. So he, yeah, so Charles uh, signed with the team in late 2018 for the start of the 2019 season. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a surprise when they signed him that young, again, because the team isn't necessarily known for that like other teams are, like a Red Bull who's kind of known for signing and kind of pumping mm-hmm. and dumping people mm-hmm. in the program. Uh, and he also, at the time that he had signed, uh, a little bit after that, he signed a five-year contract extension uh, a year later, which was, I think, considered one of the longest, if not the longest, in F1 history at the time. That's so, got to feel great. Yeah. To be oh, yeah. young and to sign a long contract, you can finally just settle in and just, just take a deep breath. Exactly. Yeah. So his contract was for through the end of 2024. So in other words, you know, Ferrari's put a lot of eggs in the Charles basket, yep. so yep. to speak. And it's 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 generally known that... He's their guy. He is Ferrari uh, and all of that. Let me show you, actually, before I move on, I'll show you a physical photos, physical appearance of Charles. Oh, well, I mean, I have this coaster, mm-hmm. but it's not a photo of the illustration. You know what, Michael? I have something better for you. Sure. I have Kate Lazat. She is the co-creator of Two Girls, One Formula. Two Girls, One Formula? Th- that is, in fact, what... what a good name. Yeah. But more importantly, she's a Charles Leclerc super fan. Okay. Think of a Greek god. Think of just like the best looking, angelic, beautiful, chiseled, gorgeous person that you can think of. And that is only half. He has messy brown hair. His eyes are like green, blue, gray. They just like look like an ocean. Like you just want to like swan dive into his eyes. Perfect eyebrows. Perfect cheekbones. The bone structure is unmatched. He is more beautiful than the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Oh, man, this is... I'm getting sweaty. He he is... And forgive me for describing a world-class athlete this way. He's cute. He's very cute. This motherfucker yeah. cute. Okay? <laughs> like, he... He's cute. That's that's Charles. He he also has like he's friends with fashion designers. He's a little less flashy than totally. he never shows up to the track, for instance, in anything other than his team kit. Right. Like yeah, he's ready to right. go. He's got the shirt on. Right. But off track, he can be a little more stylish. Which, by the way, I do appreciate because you showed me Lewis Hamilton showing up with all this fancy fashion. And as, as time has gone on, I've thought more about that. And there is a time and a place to show off your fashion. And and I'm almost now becoming a little more critical of Lewis Hamilton doing that on an official walkthrough on the track. I almost like Charles Leclerc for wearing the team kit because that's like, this is a team event. Mm-hmm. And when it's time to go balls fashion, I'll do that too. Mm-hmm. So I could see why that shook things up when Lewis Hamilton does, yes. d- does that. I will say um, it's obvious to me that Charles does not at least have some sort of like Hollywood stylist. Yeah. He's very into bandanas. Like he oh, puts no. bandanas on his oh, head no. kind I of across. Ferrari. I hate Ferrari now. <laughs> it's over. It's <laughs> Ferrari's crossed off. Uh, so 
why is Charles given all you know this contract extension? Why is he signed so young? All those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to Max, he is incredibly fast. Undoubtedly, Leclerc is a championship caliber driver. F1 expert Aldis Kavlauskas. He's in his prime right now. His pace, especially in qualifying, is unbelievable. Around one lap, he's just. He's just magic. The way he hooks up that final lap in Q3, the way he's able to kind of really just put it out there as close to the walls, as, you know, as close to the edge of the track as he can. He was making these kind of mid-corner corrections that his teammate wasn't able to do. Let's let's then talk about Charles the man, yeah. less the driver. He is just a very earnest, like good hearted boy. Kate Lazat again. He grew up in Monaco and from a very young age, like all of the brothers got into karting because they were really good friends with um, the Bianchi family and for those of you who are not super familiar with F1, Jules Bianchi was an F1 driver and so like the Bianchi family was very close to Charles's and they owned a karting circuit and so they would bring the Leclerc boys there to to kart. Um, Charles was the best one <laughs> obviously, out of all of them. And so they they didn't have a ton of money, so they had to, like, only be able to afford to, like, put money behind one of the boys to continue on. And so that was Charles. Charles starts making his way through the junior formulas in the early 2010s. Things are looking great. And then, unfortunately, a tragedy strikes for a first time. Charles Leclerc lost his godfather at a very young age. This is F1 journalist Jenny Gao. His godfather was Jules Bianchi, who was a former F1 driver and the guy that they all said was going to go to Ferrari and be their next great hope. However, he was severely injured, critically injured in an accident in Japan in 2014. You know me, I will keep you updated. So uh, that was the FI press delegate, Matteo Bonciani, saying that Bianchi is unconscious. Uh, it's the only thing he would say. He's taken to the hospital. He's on life support. He eventually succumbs to his injuries in 2015 and dies. Everyone was saying he was like he was going to Ferrari. That was like where he was going to end up. Um, that's what he was working for. And so obviously that was like horrifyingly hard um, for Charles. He was like, that's my godfather, the man who like taught me everything I know in terms of, of motorsport. So, uh, you know, Charles almost makes it his like mission. Like he also wants to drive for Ferrari, not just for him, but for Jules, who didn't get to fulfill that, right. you know, see that goal right. through and accomplish that. That's thing number one. So that happened in 2015. Fast forward a couple of years, his father dies. Charles is in Formula 2, so that, that mm-hmm. junior level right below Formula 1. And the story goes that just days after his father has died, Charles goes to the latest race, which is in Baku, Azerbaijan. And he gets onto the steps in Baku, having won the race with tears and it was such a courageous thing i think everybody in the paddock even though it was one of the junior categories just stood still and looked at this young boy because at the time he was really a young boy with dimples and you know floppy brown hair and you just thought the strength of character that it took for him to even race that weekend let alone for him to race and win was something extraordinary. And to only add to more to this story that's already sad, uh, when his dad was dying, Charles had hoped that he would have news of, you know, this is 2017, he'd hoped that he had signed, you know, he had some news about Formula One to give to his dying father. So he goes to his dad 
and he lies to him and says to his dad that he has signed with a Formula One team so that his dad can be happy. And of course, Shiles buries him knowing that he is like, he's like, please, dear God, let me make a Formula One team so I'm not lying to my dad about like, you know, so thankfully he signs to the Sauber team a couple months later. But you're just like, oh, my God, this guy who so badly wanted his dad to be proud and like to, to be able to give him good news on his deathbed. Like, oh, God, that's just so heavy you did say these guys are filled with daddy issues it's like you know i like to think uh that yeah i mean that's very achievement based i have to have this achievement to make my dad proud of me like but also it's like the son who wants to make that just wants to like bring some light to the dad yeah you're just like oh my god i know that is heart heartbreaking and also a psychologist's uh be very interested in that. A lot of tragedy in in Charles's backstory, and also tragedy on the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's Charles, and I think what what this all leads to is that Charles, a person, he can be. In some ways, he's very much a driver's driver. Right, he comes to the track. He's very into race car mm-hmm. driving. It's all he thinks about. You know, all of that. He's also very passionate, right. and Charles almost sometimes wants it so badly that he'll overdo it. Right. Yeah. So here's a fun fact. Up until 2022, Charles Leclerc had never finished his home Grand Prix in Monaco. Wow. Okay. And a lot of it comes down to not a question of if Charles is a good driver or a bad driver, but I think he just really wants it so badly, especially when he's at home, that he has a tendency to overdo it. It's very common for athletes to put so much pressure on themselves that they underachieve. That's very common in all sports. Choking is, if that's what we're calling it, I mean, it is the thinnest line away from succeeding. Yeah. So I'd say overall, yeah, like Charles, I think is like easy to root for in many ways. He's got sure. he's got a lot going on in the back story. He's got a lot of heart. Sure. Not yeah, not known for being like an awful, aggressively rude driver yeah. who's the yeah. worst and whatever. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's, I guess, Charles. He does seem easy to root for. And uh, it's, that's always funny when you make that. And then you look up the salary and you're like, oh, and he's making $12 million a year plus endorsements. But yeah, that's that's interesting. All right, cool. That's Charles. Charles. So who's the other driver? We'll get into all of that right after the break. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players redemption seekers and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars anyone can win relationships matter and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so who's the other driver? Yeah, on, right? the, uh, on the other side of the yes. garage, across from Charles. The Spaniard. Yeah, the Spanish version of Charles, no, I'm kidding, is, uh, is Carlos Sainz. Okay. And unlike Charles, who does not really come from like a storied racing family, Carlos is from a hardcore racing family. His dad is Carlos Sr. And Carlos Sainz Sr. is one of the most iconic figures in a form of motorsport called rally. At the start of stage 14, Sainz is driving like a man possessed as usual. There's a lot of off-roading. There's a lot of you're kind of going into, you know, the mountains and whatnot. It's also incredibly dangerous. The car is destroyed, flipping six times. Sane's head lolls about, crashing into the ground on two of the flips. He's an absolute bull of a man. That was Jenny Gao again. Uh, he's called El Matador, the, you know, the king when it comes to, to driving. So, yeah, there's some, there's some good stock. 
And Carlos has had quite a checkered past, really, when it comes to Formula One. No problem getting into it. Staying in it was the issue for him. So Carlos, different story than Charles. The big thing to know about Carlos is he's kind of known as a team hopper. He was part of Red Bull, was relatively successful, and has just kind of bobbed around different teams, trying as best he can. He's in his ninth season currently in Formula One. He's Mm -hmm. been on four teams. So... He was at Toro Rosso. He moves to a team called Renault, now called Alpine in the sport, which we'll talk about soon. He jumps to McLaren for two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You kind—I yeah. have friends like that. Yeah. The fifth time they tell you it's a new job, you're kind of like over asking questions, and you're like, okay, this is this is now up to you. Everyone thought, oh, is he is he in trouble here? Is he going to be able to stay in Formula One? And then all of a sudden, we get news that he's going across to Ferrari. In a most unexpected, I think, signing, no one really thought that they were going to come in and snatch a slightly senior, slightly untested driver. Yeah, and and I think for Carlos, he's really gotten the reputation of being a driver who is super adaptable, super versatile, and very consistent, generally speaking. Like, you know, he's hopped into a bajillion different Formula One cars and can immediately kind of figure things out generally. A disadvantage of that is that he's no one's number one guy, right? So at Red Bull, obviously, he was there around when Max Verstappen was coming up, and that was kind of over, you know, everyone kind of knew even then Max Verstappen's going to be the guy. You know, Charles Leclerc is the Ferrari guy. Even when he was at McLaren, he was actually faster than his teammate, Lando Norris. But Lando Norris, who we'll talk about in our next episode, nice. Lando Norris was in the McLaren Young Drivers Program and was right. kind of seen as like, no, we're we're priming him to be the guy for us. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think to that extent, there's always been this question from people of like, well, what does Carlos want? Did he even want to be a Ferrari driver? Right. Like, what what's right. the goal here? Right. Did, you know, is it just whatever car will get him fastest from, you know, beginning to end of race? Like, what's, you know, that's kind of, the, I think, the lingering question about him or with Charles, you know that he's all in on yeah. Ferrari as much yeah. as they're all in on him. Carlos, you know, I think some people were surprised when he went to Ferrari and McLaren looked look yeah, he he was still finishing faster than than Lando right. and and right. technically actually finished just ahead of him in the 2021 season after he moved to Ferrari. So mm. yeah, there's just a lot of mystery surrounding like what what does Carlos Sainz what does he want? want yeah he actually had a, a great rookie season at Ferrari. Aldous Kevlauskas. He did beat Charles Leclerc although it's one of those occasions where the numbers don't quite tell all of the story because Charles had a hell of a lot of bad luck last season, but still amazing to do, you know, still amazing to beat Charles Leclerc at his own team in your first season at Ferrari, but he's been given a championship level car and he just hasn't been able to step it up to that level whilst Charles Leclerc, you know, he's been given that championship car this season and he's gone up a little bit of a step. So that's what, that's what kind of Carlos has struggled with, but he's also had a hell of a lot of bad luck. I'm not, you know, I don't think he's going to be in that championship fight. He's quite far behind, but up against Charles Leclerc in, in that car, it's going to be very difficult for anyone to beat Charles. I will say, though, yeah, Carlos, very well-liked guy yeah. across the grid. He has good chemistry with any teammate he yeah. has, you know, he, yeah. you know, keeps things light, keeps yeah. things fun. Uh, so that's, I think, a, a big pro in his corner. And and Ferrari just announced that he's getting another contract extension okay. for at least, Great. I believe it's two more seasons. So they obviously see something in him. Yeah. But uh, the other thing to keep in mind with Ferrari is that while their young driver program isn't as ridiculously gigantic and, mm-hmm. and ruthless as Red Bulls, they do have a pretty healthy number of young drivers who are coming up. So the question is, if Charles is their guy, where does that leave Carlos right. in the long term, especially if he isn't performing? Right. And man, you must feel that if you're on if you're a Formula One driver 
you know, all of these teams have young driver. You must feel these guys just clawing at you at all times. Uh, yeah, a lot the of next two years are important for Carlos. Exactly. If he kind of takes the next step up, he he's on a big enough team. He'll be noticed. He'll get the resources. But if he kind of just withers. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Anything can happen. Um, so, yeah. So, Carlos has a lot of question marks. I will show you Carlos. Uh, I okay. will preface by saying Carlos um, loves a thirst trap, also has a, a devoted <laughs> fan base uh, just based aesthetically on what he's up to. But okay. uh, but this will give you an devoted idea. Devoted of... fan base based aesthetically. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spanish. Handsome. We got four pictures here, two of which, thank you, Lily, his shirt is off. <clears throat> I, I wanted to give you the full, it's from his Instagram, it's so it's giving me the full yeah. picture of Carlos Sainz. One of which he's lifting powerful dumbbells. The hair, I mean, I don't, he's standing still, but the hair is moving somehow. It's always in, yeah. in motion. Yeah, so this is a handsome duo. Yes. Uh, and um, he looks like a Spanish stallion, even though the term is Italian stallion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that that's Carlos. I, okay. I do find it interesting. You found Charles cute and Carlos handsome to yeah. start. I, I I mean that's right. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, but no, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the fans say. <laughs> right, right, right. If you've, if you've uh, I don't want to say you've offended anyone because you have called them both very attractive. I would say that Charles feels to me like the approachable member of a boy band, Ooh. and mm-hmm. um, Carlos feels like movie star mm. don't go anywhere near that table mm-hmm. do you see mm-hmm. what i'm saying the perfect yeah. analogy okay. yep Got yep it. i completely see it i'm not sensing a big rivalry between these two you even sent a video to me where they're like giggling doing press together yeah that doesn't feel like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna slice this guy up on the track <laughs> is that a problem for them that they're not like more hating each other. It's interesting. They, um, I feel like there was a, a lot of camaraderie when when the car was still struggling last year. You know, when they yeah. were fighting for that that third yeah. place in the championship. You know, they weren't even in real championship contention. Yeah, I feel like there, there's there's something to be said for right when you're both like you know we're really slogging through it, and yeah. Yeah. you know Charles was was really slogging through it after 2020. So you know, there's a little bit more support there yeah. to to be given. Things are starting to get a little bit complicated. As we've talked about, Charles is the golden boy of Ferrari. However, Carlos, I would say, is no slouch either. He yeah. definitely is not considered the future of the team. He's not the guy the whole team is kind of being built around. But he's still a very strong driver who wants to win and wants to succeed and wants to do well. So that, as you can imagine, does start to create some conflict to begin with. Just because... Two young millionaires giggle during a two-minute press conference doesn't mean they're best friends. Exactly. We don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the first time in a while for Ferrari, their drivers are very equal footing. Kate Lizott, again. They're very similar ages, very similar skill sets and and experience levels. So something that has been really interesting about Ferrari team boss, Mattia, he has made it clear that he's fine with his drivers racing it out between each other. Uh, Keep it on the track. I like that. He's like, we're trying to get back to where Ferrari used to be. So we are going to make the decisions to make that happen. While it's super entertaining for us as fans and as spectators, that causes problems for the team. Carlos, 
I think, is still trying to fight for it. And the fact that team leadership at Ferrari isn't making it clear at this point in the season who they're going to prioritize could potentially make that worse. I mean, as soon as you allow yourself to be the number two guy, the other teams see you as the number two guy also, and then you can almost never escape that. Like you almost just have to be alpha, alpha, alpha all day long, and then you die in alpha. That's my opinion. I mean, as a guy who was number six on his collegiate tennis team, that number two position, that that uh, label is tough. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I guess to give the final pitches here, I think most people, even if you're in neutral, even if you've never heard of Formula One until you've listened to this podcast, you can get behind Ferrari this year. We're hearing from Jenny Gell. Because they've been so rubbish all of a sudden to come out with a decent car with two fabulous drivers. It's just really exciting. And they're called the prancing horse for a reason, because when it's performing, you're there on your tippy toes going, oh my goodness, this is great. It's it's a real um, thing of joy to see Ferrari back to where they've been in the past, you know, one of the most dominant teams in Formula One. Well, the history also, the 70 year that just builds up. You have your kid become a fan and that kid's kid. Become, yeah, so it just keeps building. Exactly, yeah. And then if we're talking about drivers here, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of love to Charles. Charles Leclerc is probably the most likable guy on the grid, I would say, in terms of who he is, what he stands for, and his journey into Formula One, which has been extraordinary. But cut through all of that, He's just a great guy who can drive blimmin' fast. Yeah, it's just a it's a fairy tale story, and um, I I've stood underneath the podium and shed a couple of tears for him. And I think when someone um, manages to do that to us cynical journalists, cynical old journalists, then they have a lot going for them. <laughs> and above all else, if aesthetics are important, the bone structure is excellent. So bone structure is a bonus. Yep, bone structure is a bonus. And then Carlos, uh, you know, d- despite Carlos kind of being uh, in the kind of odd position of number two, but also evenly matched generally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and and not necessarily an obvious number two, uh, he is, like I said, a very consistent driver. Mm-hmm. Where you know where Charles might to have some issues. Carlos can kind of yeah, be that more consistent, reliable driver at times. So if you're into that, if you're someone who has job hopped a lot in life and mm-hmm. don't want it to be held against you, yeah. you know, Carlos could could be the guy to uh, to go with. And he just signed for two more years yeah. after this year with Ferrari. So uh, it's no no small feat, given that they do have a, a pretty deep stable of you know, younger drivers yeah. really chomping at the bit. I think I like a team where both drivers can win as opposed to a team that's making the calculation of we're going to set up one driver to win with using our other driver. Because so many things are unpredictable in sport, and especially with these engines and the tracks and the humidity and the weather, having two championship drivers, in my opinion, seems like the strategy that I would want to adopt. Uh, If I was Carlos, 
and I even felt a smidgen of Charles is our guy, Carlos is number two, I would be so motivated to fucking win everything, you know? So maybe that's what he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So out of out of Charles and, and Carlos, do you have a preference or similar to their championship stuff? Are you evenly matched on how you feel? I guess I'm leaning towards Carlos, and I can't exactly tell you why other than um, I'm getting a sense that, that, that he might be... Hey, let's sign him for a couple of years. We'll see if our young guys come up. You know, he's a good placeholder. And I just, I, this guy is probably one, he is the one of the best of the best of the best. And I want him to kind of, I, I love when someone can prove I'm not a number two. I'm not wait. I'm not a placeholder. I'm not wait for the new young guy to come up. I'm going to, I'm going to smoke your ass right now. And he, I mean, I, I think the abs have also gotten to you. Let's the be six honest. Packs let's be honest. Him doing an upright dumbbell lift shirt off. That also helped. Yeah. Yeah. And so out of your, your current, I would say, the the top favorites, you got George. I know you really like Checo. I do and like then, Checo yeah, a lot. And yeah. then Carlos. Is there one that's really rising thus far? Are you still uh, kind of juries out? Um, I'm a new dad. I, I, yeah, it's probably probably Checo at this point. Ooh. Yeah, probably Ooh. Checo. But, but I realize that's kind of silly because he, he's like almost admitted to being the number two. Yeah. But um, we need more 30-year-olds racing. We can't just have been 17, 18, 19, 20 all the time. So I like that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think Checo would love to know that he's number one in your heart for he, now. Yeah, <laughs> he's number one, even though he's number two. But you know what I mean? I've not brought up Max at all. Uh-huh. He's he's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> right now, where Michael Costa stands oh, yes. is probably Checo for the driver and Ferrari for the team. You know what I mean? So I don't know what that means. I've only I've only been introduced to three, three teams, teams and six drivers. So yes. we're a third of the way through, but you you've got your <laughs> guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So next week we're talking about another really iconic brand within the sport and team within the sport of Formula One, and that is McLaren. McLaren, right. So we got McLaren. They are known for the papaya orange, and they are also a team that uh, is amongst the winningest ever, but they mm-hmm. have struggled in recent years. Mm-hmm. They've really had to rebuild their program, uh, and they have a very a very intriguing lineup. Two of arguably, actually, some would say the most marketable two drivers of anyone on the grid. You have the uh, very kind of slightly nerdy and giggly young man in Lando Norris, who's mm-hmm. incredibly fast, but mm-hmm. very young. And then you have got the perennial fan favorite in Daniel Ricciardo, mm-hmm. Australian guy, mm-hmm. big personality. He has uh, come on your program or Trevor Noah's program that you yeah. also are on. Yeah. I mean, I noticed he was on the show and they always announced the guest at the beginning of the show and people always clap. But when they said his name, Daniel Ricciardo, people went nuts. Well, we'll talk about uh, how yeah, Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris are definitely the two drivers that that come up among the most in terms of who who are the the two favorites for for a lot of people. So they, cool. but they definitely have an interesting dynamic because you've got uh, two drivers who are ten years apart in age, and you know what happens when the older, more experienced, more beloved driver who's been around the block for a lot longer uh, starts struggling, and the young guy is the one, the you know right. the twenty one year old is the one who's who's really bringing home the hardware. So right. Right. lots to talk about with McLaren. They've got a dude bro California surfer guy team boss. <laughs> so uh, yeah, much much to discuss. Is he American? American. Oh yeah. shit! A literal California okay. bro. Oh yeah. my god. Okay. So uh, lots lots to talk about with McLaren. I look forward to it. Thank you, Lily. Yeah. It's a wrap. Cool. Okay. We Wrap. Right. You're free, Walter. This has been Choosing Sides. F1. 
a production of Sports Illustrated Studios and iHeartRadio. The show is hosted by Michael Costa and Lily Herman. This episode was produced by Lily Herman and our senior producer, Yochai Maital, who also did the sound design. At the Cutting Room Studios, we are recorded by engineer Rob O'Leary II. Mastering by Cella Weisblum. Max Miller is the executive producer. And Brandon Getchus is head of audio at SI Studios. At iHeartRadio, Sean Titone is our executive producer. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to us and leave a review. And if you want more F1 goodness, follow us on Instagram at Choosing Sides F1. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.